0: 5.3 WBCK, And here's Tim Collins. 8.09 now and coming up a little bit later, Vince Pavone will be along and tell us about the kickball classic tournament. Uh, Normally, probably would have had it about this time, but of course with the pandemic, we're just grateful to have it on the schedule at all. It's coming up in September and we'll tell you more about that with Vince and Rhonda in just a little bit. Recently, we had an article up on our website about the uh, downtown beautification project for Albion. And the latest is restoring that historic Coca-Cola mural that's on the old building there. Uh, it's been restored before, but there's some uh, photos of them uh Putting a fresh coat of red on the bricks up there, it's just going to look fantastic. Well, it caught the eye of Larry Jorgensen, and not much gets past Larry when it comes to Coca-Cola. He is, uh, I guess you could say, a Coca-Cola historian, and in fact has uh, written a book, The Coca-Cola Trail, People and Places in the History of Coca-Cola. And Larry, welcome to the show. Nice to have you with us today.
1: Oh, thank you, Tim. It's a, p- a pleasure to be with you and, uh, and to tell you a little bit about that fabulous mural. Uh, I, I was fascinated by it uh, as I started doing research for this uh, the second book called The Coca-Cola
0: Trail. And that thing goes back more than 100 years, right?
1: Yeah, but, uh, there's some discussion as to exactly when, but uh, it's got to be between 1907 and 1912 because the sign uh, includes the saying, relieves fatigue. And Coca-Cola used that slogan during those years, 1907 to 1912. Uh, Actually, the the site for the sign uh, was first used as a mural in 1903. Um, It was used by a piano store. Um, That building that it's on is pretty unique uh, it overhangs the Kalamazoo River, so to do any restoration of that sign, those guys have got to get out there uh on platforms and be working over the river <clears throat> but uh it was first okay, it was first a mural in nineteen o three and it was a mural for a the Davis piano store, which was located in the lower level of this unique over the river structure um a flood came along. I think it was the flood of what, 1908, I guess. Uh, did pretty extensive damage to the wall, and uh, forced the store to close. And uh, next, uh, Coca-Cola got involved in it, and uh, it became a mural about five years later. So it's a it's an interesting piece of history uh, for Kalamazoo. Um, Kalamazoo River, uh, right? Sell- yeah, the you're right, the river, not not the town. And um the, the town of, of Albion is celebrating that. They're having a festival on the thirteenth of September. Um where they're gonna dedicate it and so forth. Um this is the second time that the mural has been painted, but they really went to an extensive uh restoration here. It it was done um uh, I think in nineteen eighty three. Uh, no so earlier than that um it had been done, but it was just you know a paid-over job and then in nineteen eighty three they started raising money to um to try to to do another job on it and uh the uh the, the one in nineteen eighty three was a just as simply a pa- a over uh then they got involved again uh in twenty nineteen September 2019, they started another fundraiser, and now in restoring the sign, they had to do some extensive restoration and, and rehabilitation of the surface that the sign was on. It's a brick surface, and there's a company that specializes in uh, what they call, uh, you know, the building preservation. Uh, uh, I think the company is called Building Art and Conservation, and it took them a month just to prepare the building uh, to to put the mural, uh, the new mural on. So there's a lot of a lot of effort, a lot of money went into this project. I think, uh, so it seems to me, I, I recall that they raised like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get the job done. So it's a, it's a it's a pretty good project.
0: You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, that it it, it, uh, it kind of, the, the mural reflects that it was almost a medicine back in those days. And in fact, I think that's kind of how Coca-Cola started. It was supposed to be like a medicine, right?
1: Right. The uh, inventor uh, uh, of the Coca-Cola syrup had actually been in the Civil War and had suffered a pretty extensive injury, and uh, he... Uh, was looking for some way to get some relief after the war to his war pains. And he 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 was a pharmacist by trade and came up with a concoction of this syrup that, that would ultimately become Coca-Cola. It was uh, first sold uh, at drugstores, which would be appropriate. Drugstores that had soda fountains, and uh, it was a syrup that you know, you'd give a shot of carbonated uh, water too, and and you'd have a a drink that would relieve, as a side, once said, relieve fatigue, and also it uh, did a lot for relieving the pain. But uh, well, my,
0: when my uh, Larry, excuse me, when my grandmother was alive, she uh, used to tell this story about when she was a little girl. This would have been about 1910, and the family drove down to visit some cousins in Ohio that had a drugstore, and that's where she had her first Coke. And uh, she loved Coca-Cola her whole life. She would take us out for Cokes, and we knew all the places where you could, you know, get a good bottled Coke and everything. But she used to say that Coke back then had a kick to it. And, well, I don't know. That's maybe more legend than anything else. People do uh, know about that that legend that there was cocaine in it at some point. But it's kind of only half true, right?
1: Well, it, yeah, the, the story to that, and it's it, it's an interesting story. When when Pemberton uh, created the the syrup, um, he used the cocaine, the, not the cocaine, said it, yep. The coca leaf. He used the coca leaf and the cola nut. That is the name came from Coca Cola, you know. But the leaf was not processed as you would process cocaine. Uh, in the very early stages of Coca-Cola, it contained a slight trace of what would be considered cocaine, but it was because of the way the leaf was processed, not because they were doing uh, putting cocaine in the in the uh, in the mixture. Uh, uh, the the uh, following owner, uh, Mr. Candler of Coca-Cola, went to all sorts of Expenses hired, uh, you know, pharmacists and scientists and so forth to make sure there was no trace of any cocaine in Coca-Cola. This was back in the 1920s, and since then they still use in the formula. They use the the uh, the leaf, the coca leaf, uh, but believe me, there is no trace of of cocaine in but it does give it a, a very unique flavor. Uh, and that's why so many people, you know, that um, enjoy Coca-Cola, it's because of that unique flavor that, uh, as they say, is hit, the recipe is hidden away. I don't know. That's good PR, too. But anyhow, <laughs> uh, it, is, it is a unique recipe, and, and certainly uh, the world's uh, best-known product, no doubt about it. You know, there are... Uh, Coca Cola collectors from all over the world, and and just like you and I are doing, Tim, I've I've been interviewed in Dubai about this thing about Coca Cola, you know. And I asked the, the gentleman in Dubai at the radio station. I said, uh, "I'd love to do the interview. This is interesting." And he said, "People here love Coca Cola, so uh, it's it's definitely um, America's claim to fame around the world is Coca Cola." Larry
0: Jorgensen is the author of The Coca-Cola Trail, People and Places in the History of Coca-Cola. And we'll get into some more of that in just a moment. Larry Jorgensen has authored a couple of books about Coca-Cola. The uh, latest is uh, the, well, tell us what the latest book is and where we can get that, Larry, before I forget.
1: Okay, well, the latest book is simply Return to the Coca-Cola Trail which obviously must be a sequel to the original book, which was The Coca-Cola Trail. And they're both available. The easiest way is go to my website, um, simply com, and you can order one or both of them. Of course, you know, good business. We offer a discount if you order the set. Um and, uh, and there's some other Coca-Cola goodies on there, but we're, prim- we're, we're not Coca-Cola collectors. We don't sell that kind of thing. We simply are authors and, and, and sell the Coca-Cola books. So it's some it's, it's pretty interesting stories. You know, and the books are a combination of travel and history. What we've tried to do is to give uh, the reader places that they can go where there is Coca-Cola history, just like that, that mural in Albion, and and give them the, the history of what they're looking at. Um, there's buildings that uh, used to be uh, Coca-Cola plants that are now uh, museums, there are shopping malls, there are, there are brew pubs, uh, you know, they're, they're wonderful places that we've found. And, and we we say, well, here here's this place. Go enjoy it, and while you're enjoying it, we're going to tell you what it was in Coca-Cola history.
0: You know, I just draw it up. I love to drink Coca-Cola out of the bottle and then look on the bottom see where it was bottled, and I kind of missed that, you know, because, you know, yeah. Corpus Christi, Texas, and uh, I even found one buried in the woods that said Kalamazoo, Michigan.
1: And, really? Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was a big... Uh, you know, for a while, when they get the Coca-Colas out of the vending machine with those bottles, the, the guy that had the bottle with the, the address furthest away, he had to pay for the next round. <laughs> You're Right. Yeah, we did stuff
0: like that, too. At, we had a machine. Uh, oh, this was uh, not too far from where I grew up, Plainwell, Michigan. It had the old uh, bottles that laid on their side, you know, and you put the 15 cents in and open the door, and then you just pull one out and uh that thing was kept at like 32.5 degrees i swear and uh so on a hot summer day you'd get one you'd open it it almost would turn to slush instantly and uh, and (laughs) you drink it. it but boy that was good uh you know and remembering going out with my grandma and she had a friend that went to nursing school with her that ended up running a little ma and pa restaurant kind of hole in the wall. And, and, and they had just the most delicious bottle of Coke, you know, and I, I don't know. You know, it's just, it doesn't seem like the same anymore. It, it, it's the same formula for, except for, you know, the new Coke that came along and a couple of things. Is it the same formula they've always had?
1: Yeah, it's the same formula, and of course they've they've uh, added some products. The uh, my my favorite, and I'm not a Coca-Cola holic, as they say, but I, I have sort of become uh, I don't know what to say addicted, but certainly I enjoy the uh, Coca-Cola coffee that they've come out with. Those little skinny cans. That's a that's a a great product, and. Uh, what, I, what I'll do is I'll get a can, I'll open it up and let it get, uh, get let it get flat, you know, and uh, the coffee flavor really comes through. Hey, you know, talking about the, the, uh, the interesting things in Coca-Cola, uh, it's, what well, it's probably 160, 70 miles to Grayling, Michigan, but there is a place up there called Dawson and Stevens classic fifties diner. That, place is a small coca-cola museum he has accumulated from various places all kinds of coca-cola memorabilia so if you're ever headed towards grayling or you're looking for an excuse to go to grayling the dawson and stevens classic 50s diner and i wrote about it in my first book and uh, it, it's a fabulous story as to how he actually acquired um all of the Coca Cola things. Interestingly enough, Tim, he, he was in the radio business and decided he wanted to do something else and Bought this diner and and it went from there. It's it's a great story. You know, Coca Cola is.
0: If you need to pick a winner over the years, for heaven's sakes, uh, you know my wife's uh, grand my wife's grandfather made a bunch of money because he bought Coca Cola stock while he was working as a factory worker. Uh, how about Ty Cobb? You know, most people know him as a very famous uh, baseball player for the Detroit Tigers from Georgia, but he was one of the um, biggest investors in Coca Cola and, and made just a, a ton of money, as did a lot of people. Well, There's just so much history
1: with it. Yeah, well, in you mentioned that in my in the book we're talking about the return to, I do a chapter on a town. Uh, in florida called quincy florida and that at one time was known as the town of coca-cola millionaires and it's because a smart old banker in that town convinced the uh, business people that that had money to invest that they should buy coca-cola stock and uh the town at one time was known as the the home of Coca Cola billionaires, and it's still an interesting place to visit. and And we've we've told the story uh, as to how it happened in the book, you know. So yes, you're right. A, a lot of people uh, invested in and and, and uh, were very successful in investing in Coca Cola. You know that that kind of ties in a little bit to the first book. The, uh, the, the, the uh, gentleman who bottled Coca-Cola for the first time, who was in Vicksburg, Mississippi, was also a distributor of sorts for the Coca-Cola syrup, which he was distributing, selling to, uh, you know, soda fountains and drugstores and so forth. And at one point, um, Asa Candler, who owned Coca-Cola, um was paying him a commission, you know, for selling the syrup. Well, it got to the point where Asa owed this gentleman in Mississippi $500 and offered to to pay it off in stock. And uh, the uh, the gentleman in, in Mississippi declined the offer and uh, went on to, to Bottle Coke and his family bottled Coke for generations after, but in nineteen uh, ninety two I think it was one of the one of the heirs figured out that if uh, if his great grandfather would have would have taken the stock uh, by that time he would have owned one percent of coca-cola and I forget the exact billions, but it was many billions.
0: uh,
1: (laughs) Hey, there's two books,
0: The Coca-Cola Trail, People and Places in the History of Coca-Cola, and then uh, Larry's new book, Return to the Coca-Cola Trail, uh, More People and Places in the History of Coca-Cola. Both of them are on Larry's website, thecocacolatrail.com. Very easy to find. He did it while we were talking. And you can buy both books there. And uh, in fact, we'll give people a chance a little later to maybe win a couple of books here on the radio when we get a moment but larry i sure enjoyed talking to you about coca-cola history i i thank you for your time sir
1: well tim it's it's been a lot of fun and uh uh hopefully we can come back with another story sometime
0: absolutely